What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by a dynamic technology leader and founder of ROI Consulting, which stands for Return on Information. <laughs> she has 22 years of restaurant technology leadership with brands like Fridays, Applebee's, Potbellies, and has more awards and experience than we have time to list on this entire podcast. So grateful that you can join us, Tammy Duplantis. Thank you, Zach. I feel honored to be a part of your podcast. Well, I am so excited to jump into this. You have such great experience. And uh, first of all, talk to me a little bit on ROI. Well, you know, I didn't really have a, a career aspiration to start my own company or start my own consulting company at that. Um, but, you know, over the years, I, my experience and breadth just had, uh, you know, been company owned franchise, startup restaurants, uh, large restaurants, publicly traded. It was all over the board, you know, and I generally ended up playing the role of change agent coming in. What do we have? What's working? What's not working? We need to get, you know, end of life systems replaced and we need to uh, get caught up to whatever the industry standard is now. And I'm, you know, I, I I started off as a project manager. I originally in my career, I was a software developer, got into project management. That's how I found TGI Fridays in 1996. Uh, and I just decided that what I really thought was missing was someone who could come in and wear all those hats, mm -hmm. everything from strategy to the boardroom, to the budgets, to the contracts, to the architecture, to the vendor relationships, the integrations, how does data flow, uh, roadmap, how are you, you can't do it all at one time, although we have done it all at one time, um, <laughs> you know, and, and how the stack layers on top of itself. I just don't think a lot of people really are, are great at that. I think I was pretty good at it. And a lot of times the hardest part of any of these initiatives was, are we ever going to get it across the finish line? And so yeah. it's about scope management and focus and buy-in and stakeholders. And, you know, you get a lot of bruises, I've got a lot of scars from leading a lot of these projects. But as my husband was reminding me the other day, you know, as the change agent, you're, you're going to take some arrows. But in every case, the brands were more successful after we delivered or implemented this new piece of technology that helped them operate better operational efficiencies or, you know, ERP systems or most recently, you know, digital solutions. And so I just thought, you know, I was transitioning out of uh, my last uh, CIO gig and I just decided to give it a whirl. And I no sooner had the shingle out than somebody who knew somebody called me and said, hey, if you're doing consulting, somebody just called me and they need some help. And from there it took off. And I just I've been four years now, I guess. Um uh, it's been it's been it's been wild, uh, and I've really not had to advertise much because I kind of know a lot of people. But you know, it's just been um, it's been very effective. Uh, through the pandemic was crazy because we had game plans, and then it was like, okay, not going to have time to do that. How do we pivot and get uh, you know online ordering out to as many restaurants as possible when we don't even have standard technology out there? Yeah. 
super innovation and creative. So, well, and that's so interesting because Kelly McPherson, who's on my board of advisors, incredible woman, great technologist. um, One of the things that, that she did when she was at RBI was she was the one tasked with opening up and moving into their new office space, huge new office space. And I'm like, Kelly, why, why you? And she goes, because the same, it's, it's a giant project. Yeah. That includes a lot of stakeholders and vendors. And even though it's not implemented a new POS, it's a, moving into a building, it's the same, the same principles apply. And I think that's, you know, your background as a project manager is a testament to just that, which is technology is not a button you push. It's a project that you push, right? And they fail often. And, you know, when you've done it, as long as I've done it, there's been a lot of very successful projects. And then along the way, you learn all those things that can cause you to fail. You know, executive support, buy-in from the top down. You don't have that, you're not going to succeed. If so you're that, out the franchisees and you don't have some uh, buy-in from a few hmm. key, key leaders, you're probably not going to get adoption. Yeah. And that's actually one of the ways that Ovation has worked with some really, really large brands is we found a couple of, you know, uh, Maverick franchisees who were like, I love this. I want to try it. And then the results couldn't be unseen. Right. And so that's how we started working with, uh, with corporate because we started with uh, a really loud franchisee and worked our way up. And that's, that's how we've pretty much worked with every large brand, because again, you got to have those champions and those stakeholders. Now I'm going to ask you this question, Tammy. And after I tell the story, you decide if we keep it in the podcast or not. Okay. okay. I would love, tell me a story about, about one of the arrows when, about a project that went through and there was just a lot of, uh, you know, you, you described as arrows, but there was a lot of friction in getting that project done. And, and what did you learn from it? Oh boy. Which one do we pick? Let's see. <laughs> um, It's not easy when you come in. Well, first of all, running IT, the head of IT is everybody needs you. You're everybody's best friend, but but you're also in the crosshairs of of a lot of things, money, resources, uh, priority. Can you get it done fast enough or, you know, should you be doing it at all? Um, I would say one of the most, the last arrow I took, (laughs) I was working for a brand that had multiple concepts and uh, the CEO, what his job was to make sense of all of this. And we got to supercharge all these eight concepts. And for me, it was like, well, they see that they don't have anything. And theirs has been end of life for 20 years and they've got a bunch of cool stuff, but I'm not sure all of that will work for all of these brands. So it's how do you create uh, a tech strategy that will allow every brand to be elevated with enough standardization and so that you can run a lean IT department and you can afford to do it. And so the brand that had it all together didn't really want to slow down and do anything that benefited the other brands. And we actually Mm -hmm. did. I knew that I was going to take a if I went and picked the solutions. And so it was like, they can't be my idea. So I brought in some reputable, really great partners in the industry to run the RFP process and, and everybody participated. Nothing was Tammy's idea or decision. Uh, so we made all these decisions, selected solutions. Uh, and then I still pissed people off. So, <laughs> so uh, Like what, what, is there anything you could have done to, to make it less like pissy people offy? Um, <laughs> 
You know, I mean, I tried inclusion. Um, they're just, we were talking about this recently with, I was talking about this with some peers and how do you come in when, um, when people who've been there a long time, and this is, I think, hard for restaurant companies because tenure is invaluable and yeah. you know, people that stay with your brand and, you know, like at Friday's, we'd say they bleed the stripes, you know, they've got stripes in their blood. And it, I worked with Miller's Ale House and they've got really long tenured people. They These people die for the brand. They'll do yeah. anything. Uh, and then you've got to balance that with, but sometimes they don't want to change and you're not going to get where you need to go if you don't change. Uh, and I, it's a delicate balance, but I, w- I would just say, like like you just said, you have to get adoption by the people that matter the most, uh, and that is have them at the table. I, I remember when I created the Franchise Advisory Board at Applebee's way back in the early 2000s. Uh, they gave me, they they appointed someone to be my my mentor or the one in charge of the. And and he was a he was a good partner. He was very balanced. He was very fair. He was very well respected. But then I went and picked all the guys I knew were going to shoot me in the back if I didn't get them on the on the board. They had their own agendas. They didn't want to change. They were legacy. They were founders. And I got them on the board. And it, it it's very, very hard to manage all of those opinions. But if you don't bring them to the table and let them, as you said, see it, believe it, buy into it adopt it, be a leader, they're going to, they're going to fight you on it. They're going to just push back on change. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's such a great concept of just making sure that we're bringing people along. And even if you have a small organization, it's important that you like bring your GMs along because yeah. if you're sub 10 units, your GMs are some of your most important people in your business, mm-hmm. make sure that they are coming along for the journey as well. And we've worked with yeah. some very successful brands who started out small and they grew really big and their GMs were part of the decision-making process in utilizing Ovation. And I thought that that was so smart to do because at the end of the day, where does the rubber actually meet the road? Who mm-hmm. is the last person to touch the bag before it hands it, before it goes to your customer? Who's yeah. picking up the phone when someone calls Matt? It's your GMs, right? right? And yep. so even if you're not dealing with, you know, 100, 500,000 locations, uh, still to bring people along is, is really important because a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still, right, Tammy? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's very well spoken. So sure. what do you think most restaurants get wrong when it comes to technology? Um, what I, I, I started creating kind of my standard approach to technology probably about 10 years ago. And I, and it was from just experience and it was from realizing that if you don't start with the bottom layer of your technology stack and get that right, everything else you're layering on that is going to, I mean, you know, that everything, that was before we started saying everything should be cloud-based. It was when just some stuff was cloud-based and it was just credit cards. But if you didn't get the network the security, the internet with a failover and get that solid, especially these days, all the other systems are going to fall apart. You can't, you know, do online orders don't make it to the store. I mean, they're not going to get the orders. Uh, You're doing loyalty and things at the point of that, the point of sale. If you can't look things up and get real-time data instantly, people want Wi-Fi. I mean, it's, it's endless now that everything needs that. And I learned that if you do not get the infrastructure layer right, 
in the store, you're going to pay for it. And then hello, ransomware and all the hacking and all uh-huh. of that, which added security uh, as a factor. I think that's one that, that startup brands still don't realize they have to get that part right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and even looking back, I think that the restaurant industry has just become so well-educated. I mean, tech stack, that was something that you would only hear at Murtech yeah. pre-2020, right? <laughs> and now yeah. everyone knows what a tech stack is. But when That's they started right. evaluating, what they realized was they they had a tech pile, if they had any tech at all. <laughs> yeah. And, but you got to build it, right? You got to build it from the bottom up. You got to like think through current state, end state, and, and how does that look? And when you're thinking around, you know, these being that you've worked at small companies, you've worked at big companies, how do you build a tech stack as a small company? You know, five, 10 units. How do you think about a tech stack? Well, I they usually don't have IT departments. And so this is an owner or an operator just, you know, making the best decisions they can with the resources and time they have. Um, I, I think one one of well, of course, I still believe there's differences of opinion these days that the POS is still the heart of what runs the restaurant. I still, I see that. I haven't seen anything convince me that that's not where the rubber meets the road is that POS system has to know the order, get the order right, feed the kitchen and and get it out to the guest and take payment. Boom. Uh, I mean, add all the other stuff around it. Um, I, I think that the selection of the core platforms and I'm there's best of breed or there's, you know, well, you, you have to, connect a lot of things together with amazing amounts of of integration. But I think picking your point of sale platform, what's going to run your operation is the number one most important decision you can make. Mm -hmm. I think getting your franchise agreements built correctly from the get-go, they didn't even used to, I've been seeing them for 30 years. They didn't even used to have a technology included. And it usually said, you got to have some, but we're not going to tell you what to do because we don't want to be liable for it. And now it says, oh, you've got the brand. You're going to use the brand name you're going to logos. The food is what we say. You basically, you have to have the technology because it enables everything. And so I've I've seen getting that franchise agreement correct before you start franchising is critically important. Um, But the tech back to the tech stack, I think it's picking uh, a point of sale and a vendor partner uh, that, that meets what you want to become, not where you are today, but where you're going to go. And then getting a badass. POS menu team to construct your menu in that system. It and is are, everything pins to that. And are there are there anything that you found that you know you you would recommend any like uh, specific vendors? You don't have to name anyone. Just wondering if like in your experience you've seen some that you've really been impressed with. You know, um, I'm going to say one of the easy two of the easiest implementation implementations. I've ever done. And th- these all kind of, they happened before I started ROI and they happened during ROI is Olo was one of the easiest projects I have ever run. And thank God they oh, just wow. had the right processes, the right people. It was like chink, 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 boom, we were live. Uh, that was an easy implementation. Freedom Pay is one of the most robust systems I've ever implemented or rolled out. It's a payment system. You're like, what's the big deal? Well, they're big deals. There's a whole lot that goes into getting payment deployed. And they were just an easy solution and it never failed. Those were two really, really easy ones. As far as which POS system, I would say that there are some 
I was extremely skeptical six or eight years ago when all the new POS players started coming out. Because look at me saying everybody should be willing to change. I was comfortable with old Micros and old Aloha. It's what we used for 25 years. And then these new ones came along and I'm like, yeah, they're not going to know how to do this, 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 or this. Watch. And uh, I would still say that table service, I would vet an RFP very deeply to be sure, splitting checks and transferring checks. There's a lot of complexities to a big table service uh, business. Uh, But, you know, if you're fast casual or quick serve, I think that some of the new players are compelling. And I think their models are compelling. And I think it makes us willing to say, I'm going to part with the past and I'm I'm running with the future because they built it right. They're open for integrations. They're easier to implement. Uh, so yeah, I, there's some good choices there now. Yeah. And I, I think it's great that they've really come through uh, some hard times. They've learned a lot. And especially those newer point of sales, those cloud-based POSs, mm-hmm. they've really added a lot. And we partner with a whole bunch of them. And uh, there's really some impressive stuff out there. And so I think if you haven't looked at your tech stack lately, especially your point of sale, I think it's time to do that. Because at the end of the day, though, all of this technology, Tammy, reduces down to one thing, which is the guest experience. Mm -hmm. And so what do you think is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays? Well, I would say the the things that have always been important are still important. If you don't have attentive service, food quality, uh, order accuracy, you know, it's a value, the overall experience has to be good. I think we, even though we still are challenged with all these, you know, online orders and digital orders and in-store on-prem orders, and there's really not a good throttle. I think it's a huge challenge that order, there's there's not one thing that all the orders come through that to my knowledge, I, I could be missing something that throttles all of that. So we don't kill the kitchen and kill the team. Mm-hmm. And I think we're still restaurants are still struggling because nothing's doing that well. And then we commit pickup times and delivery times as best we can, but we don't know what's going on in the restaurants. I think that's still a struggle, but however, I think we've, we've come a long way at, at, at resolving digital ordering and pay and pay at table and and delivery. I think we've done a great job with that. Um, I think the thing that right now I'm, I'm most focused on, I think a lot of customers are turned on with is um, making an emotional connection. I just think we've been saying one colon one doing one-to-one marketing, but you really could never one-to-one market anyone who didn't have your app on their phone. And I remember over the last six or eight years, we've been going, you know, just do web ordering or should we do a mobile app? Are they going to download the mobile app? I don't know. These will, those won't. And, you know, I just heard the other day, um, a a large QSR CEO say, we only know 5% of our customers. And that's because I think on the other side of all of this, we're finding that the majority of customers still aren't downloading your app. If they're not downloading your app, then you don't really know them. You don't know when they're there because you can't geofence them and and, and realize they're here again. And so I think the emotional connection is the piece that has been missing that if you could know me when I come in or when I do the drive-through, when I'm there, if you knew me and you know what I order and you know how I pay and you know my preferences and you curate a menu and you and you give me I can't read digital menu boards I'm just getting old and blind but they're so busy I just I got to tell you would laugh I just pull up and go 
they say, what do you want? I'm like, number one, I have no idea. I just get number ones everywhere. If there is a number one, I get a number one because I can't read the board. Um, but you know, if, if I was able to pull up and they said, Hey, Tammy, welcome back. Uh, do you want your number one with a Coke uh, and cut the onions or whatever my normal order is? And then boom, I'm on through the line. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Right. And and that's what it's all about is it's not just the convenience and next level up. It's not just about the consistency, but the highest rung on the ladder of loyalty is connection. Mm-hmm. And when you could build that connection and again, not replacing humans with technology, but super, but empowering them with technology, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. And I think that's, uh, and I think to, to your point is making sure that we're always thinking about how do we make this easier and better for the guest. And yeah. so with that, what are some successful tactics that you've seen lately in other restaurants? Yeah, well, so there, you know, the buzz about AI, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, internet of things. Uh, I've been sitting at conferences for about the past four years. And one of the ones sitting at the breakout sessions or in the, and someone's presenting something. And I mean, no disrespect, but I think some of us in the audience were going, that's not really AI or ML or IoT. I mean, that's like a query. I mean, it's really not advanced. Uh, but, you know, we were so hungry to embrace that technology. Uh, and and I think that um, after all the kind of overuse or misuse of those terms, I think we're actually doing it now. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, see, I see it's happening. I'm super excited about the the voice AI. I just think it's it's a it's a cool use of that technology. I think it's got still got challenges. And some people say, I want a human to talk to me, and they're screaming agent at the speaker box, like we do to our call our our phone when we get put on hold by a call center agent, agent. Uh, you know, I still think there's gonna be some of that, but I think um what's really exciting right now is the um is is a, a company I came across, just I'm not gonna not pl- plugging for them, I'm telling you what I'm doing now. I dug deep into uh, somebody I ran into at FS Tech last year. Um, it, it's called You Know Me. I did a post. I hung out in their in their booth at NRA. And you know what, what they're doing is instead of replacing the team, they are equipping the team. Mm-hmm. And I just love this idea. It's like, have you ever watched someone at the drive-thru with a headset on? They're taking your order. They're taking their pay. They're, de- they're doing four things at one time. It's mind-boggling. And so it's no wonder they could never make a personal engagement, a connection with you because they can barely even see you. They're moving so fast. And and this solution actually equips them to know uh, this person has been here before. They're, they they come twice a week. Uh, these are the, the this is what their usual order is. This is kind of what their taste preferences are after kind of the artificial intelligence of analyzing over time and people who order like you. Uh, and it gives the the team member. A script to say, hey, yeah. hey, welcome back. You want your number one with a Coke? Or, hey, uh, I'm really sorry that, you know, you, your uh, drive-through journey took too long today. Usually isn't supposed to be that long, but hey, how, your drink's on us. Of course, you got to have those things approved. I know you don't give food away. I, I know that. Uh, but if there were something approved that said, when a customer's experience is not at the bar that we would like for it to be, can you engage with them and diffuse it and make make it personal to them now so they don't drive away and say, I'm never going back, drive away, put a negative Yelp review, which you're going to pick up, yeah. <laughs> right? Wouldn't it be cool to know who they are and fix it while you're there and do that 
by equipping that team to be more successful. Cool. Yeah. I've checked out this company before. You told me about them. It's the letter U, K-N-O-M-I.com. And yeah, uh, yeah cool, cool company. Um, I, you know, I, I, you, you're the one who put me onto them. And so I, I had looked them up before. And yeah, I think it's really neat what they're doing because at the end of the day, anything that's making the guest experience more frictionless, I am all about. I love that. Yep. So yep. who deserves innovation in the restaurant industry? Aside from, besides from, uh, you know, me. Yeah. Uh, you know, what stood out to me as really unique and valuable having worked at corporate offices through the world of third party delivery and, you know, um, trying to balance the books. So the store has to balance their numbers. The poor accounting team has to try to pull it all together and make sense of it every week and every month is that uh, they just have absolutely no way to reconcile the black boxes. They don't know, you know, according to the POS, this is what it should have been, but you're telling me that's all we're getting out of this. Like where'd all the rest of the money go? How do you reconcile it? And I saw, uh, and I'm not even going to remember the names, but maybe you'll find them by the time you publish this. Uh, there was a young entrepreneur at um, FS tech or Murtech. And then there was a young entrepreneur at RLC and they, they really, uh, these are young, super young guys, brilliant who created an app that scrapes and pulls all of the third-party delivery data, even some of the, you know, Google Analytics and, you know, stuff like you do, Zach, was pulling it all together and then reconciling it so that it helped the accounting teams understand um, that where, where, where all the charges went and, and what all these numbers meant. So you can hit the books with in the right categories. I think that's cool. That's got to be saving the day for, uh, you know, the lost revenue or unknown yeah. Categories. Love that. And I, and I think anything that helps us come closer to what actual revenue is, as opposed to our theoretical revenue, I think is really awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, Tammy, how do people find and follow you? Oh, hey, I'm on LinkedIn. It's kind of my news source. I hate to tell you, but I don't, I don't really watch much news. I go to LinkedIn every day and see what the news is and kind of read up, uh, <laughs> read up on that. I, uh, so I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, most people know how to find me there. Uh, I have an Instagram, but I don't use Instagram that much. I'm a little bit more a Facebook and LinkedIn uh, user. Um, that's how you find me. You know me has a website and they have a, a LinkedIn page as well. Um, and then a lot of people know my you know, return on info little site. I don't do a whole lot with that because uh, you know I just kind of stay personally engaged with my network. People yeah. like you. Well, awesome. Well, Tammy, uh, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us and for giving us all the return on information during this podcast that we could possibly want. Today's ovation goes to you. Thank you for joining us on Give an Ovation, Tammy. Thank you. <laughs> Glad you're with us today. And thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.